Welcome listeners, it's me and the rest of the gang from the Aviation Club. Uh, I think first we should all just go around and introduce ourselves. So my name is Caleb. My name is Corey. My name is Maya. My name is Drew. And we're going to be talking about the Boeing 737 MAX incident. Now for those who aren't familiar with the incident, Boeing 737 MAX was a plane model uh, based off of the Boeing 737. Uh, the main difference between the two was that uh, the 737 MAX added some bigger engines, uh, but they kept the same form factor as the 737. Now, because of these bigger engines, uh, they had a really big problem with upward tilt. Uh, the aerodynamics of the body did not fit well with, this, uh, with these new engines. Um, so the plane would tilt upward, and that uh, was not a good uh, thing for the plane to do. If the plane would tilt up for a, a long enough time, it would stall. So they added this MCAS system. So what that would do is it, was, it would take um, sensory inputs from the plane, read uh, how much the plane was tilting, and then you know, correct for that. So the first incident of the, uh, the first crash occurred when some of these sensory inputs were incorrect and they were giving this MCAS system incorrect tilt data. So it was causing the plane to tilt way farther down than it should before. And the pilots who weren't aware of this uh, new MCAS system did not know how to handle this. They were trying to just keep the plane upwards as much as possible, uh, but the MCAS system was fighting against them and eventually the plane uh, did crash. So we're here to, uh, today to debate on whether or not the engineers who worked on this uh, were complicit uh, and morally at wrong and were accountable for all of these, uh, for the crashes and all the lives lost because of this. Yeah, so specifically, uh, we will be discussing Kutz's take, which is individual participation in a collective action means individual responsibility for collective harm. So I think that all of the engineers are accountable for this um, atrocity because they were part of the team and the end, or they, they were part of how they got to this, this position of the two crashes. I would, you know, contradict that statement a little bit because you can't really blame every single engineer who worked on the 737 MAX. For example, somebody working on the landing gear does not have the same accountability as somebody working, you know, with directly with the MCAS system because they would have had no knowledge that it was a faulty system and could have resulted in any of these fatalities. I will say though, all of the engineers, they're all part of the same project. They work, they know all the ins and outs of all of the planes. So because they were all uh, working towards this collective uh, action, I believe their individual responsibility should be holding them accountable uh, for that harm. Yeah, just to add on to that, I'd like to say that <clears throat> I think when someone is part of a group, it's also their responsibility to know everything that's going on just a little bit. and. Um, see where the whole group is going. We can think of it as like a group project. Let's say uh, one, one pe uh, some people are you know, carrying their weight and then some other people you know, fudge something up. Do you think that because that one person fudges them up that they all don't deserve the same grade or the same uh, consequence of that project they worked on? Well, I would say this is a little bit different from a group project because within a group project, you're close enough on the same 
you're working all on this one same project, so you would know if something goes wrong along the way versus there were multiple projects throughout this overall arching project of creating a 737 MAX. So for example, you know, back to the whole landing gear engineers versus the MCAS engineers. The landing engineers would know what's going wrong within their own project and wouldn't really relatively have any outside knowledge of what's going on with the other projects. And especially, you know, if in the case where it is going wrong with the MCAS system, that's going to be covered up. They're not going to be able to look at that. When we were looking at why the MCAS system failed in the first place, uh, initially it was because of a faulty sensory input. So maybe would you, would you not also hold the person who engineered the sensors to also be accountable for this? Yeah, but what if the engineers were also attempting to find an issue, yet corporate was taking their planes away to send them out, ship them out the door so they could actually sell them? So you're saying they rushed the whole yeah. system and there wasn't enough time to test? Absolutely. I mean, the engineers were trying to fix the issue. They're, like, Their goal was to get these planes to work properly and be as safe as possible, yet corporate was preventing them from actually being able to do that by shipping out these planes, despite engineers having concerns. Uh, go ahead. No, that's fine. Go um, ahead. Just something on that. Um, if it came to that, I think the engineers would have a moral obligation to like come out and say something or let people know that like their lives are on the line, especially when it's this large of a scale and like this many people. That, that's a good point. However, uh, with the Netflix uh, document, there was an interview of the previous employee who had worked there, and there was constant pressure from the upper management that if they spoke out, they would be fired. And there's plenty of engineers to go around, so they're just going to find somebody else. If you won't do it, if you won't send out the system or do your best to send out the system despite corporate taking away these planes, like, it doesn't matter, they're just going to find somebody else to do it. And at that point, then you have to consider, like, your job security and, and being able to provide food and for your family, so. I think, though, uh, that we should take a look at uh, what Studer was saying about how in a professional practice there's two rules. There's, you have constitutive rules and you have regulative rules. And constitutive rules, they define and make up the practice. And those cannot be uh, rules that are violated because rejecting the constitutive rules uh, would mean losing your status as an agent who is engaging in that practice. So I would say that because of corporate pressure, that's still not an excuse to not be held accountable for an engineering um, fault, regardless of uh, what pressures they were held under. Well, and to touch on that again, I would, the documentary touched a lot on, again, bringing it up, touched a lot on how the MCAS project team was the one who was being pressured by um, higher up officials within the company. And it wasn't really focusing so much on the other individual projects because those weren't really having any issues. So, but also like Drew said, there were whistleblowers within that project team and they essentially got hushed out and sort of soft fired and taken off the project, so. I still think even if you're going to get fired, there's a moral obligation to do the right thing. I know it's a tough choice, but it's like, this is again, such a big deal. And 
so many people died that, you know, your job or hundreds of lives. You know, that's a very good point, but also you do have to think about job security scenarios and just, you know, if you're a breadwinner for the family. Yeah, it's a tough decision to make for sure. How about we put, let me, what would you do in this situation? If you were one of the engineers on the MCAS system and you knew that the system wasn't gonna work and that this will cause planes to crash and a ton of people will die, but you're worried about you know, keeping your job in the company, what would, how would you respond to that? Well, if I, were, if I were an engineer working on the MCAS system, I would quit, I would start, you know, bells and whistles, going to news sources and trying to tell them. But I feel like going back to the overall goal of whether or not all engineers are at blame versus, you know, not necessarily all of them at blame is the real main issue because you you can't feasibly say that every single engineer working within the Boeing company was at fault and deserves the full accountability for all these deaths. So going back to Again, bringing up a point Coots made um, to explain the difference of accountability between kind of these two scenarios, aka the gr any any individual within the company who knew that there was a relative error with the MCAS system definitely is considered what Coots called more at the core um, of the issue and deserves the most accountability for it. Whereas I feel like any um, individual outside of that group with the knowledge that this system was faulty is more so at a periphery and you know I guess you could say they might have a little bit of accountability for the deaths but not nearly as much as the engineers so I feel like you know you can kind of spin it and say that you could put fault on them but definitely not at the same rate and Coots also does bring up that you know Peripheral employees don't necessarily share the same end goals, aka all of the other engineers were working on a separate project with a different end goal, which was to create whatever device um, essential for the plane that they were working on. And as long as that worked well and was safe, they achieved their end goal. They're not morally yeah. obligated to be at fault here. You know, Maya, I do agree with your point about you know engineers. You know. Uh, with the MCAS engineers, they deserve more blame than others. It should be on a severity kind of level. Yeah, you convinced me. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed. I hope, you know, maybe you saw some more insight on the Boeing 737 MAX incident. Uh, join us next time when we decide to talk about the very super exciting topic of egoism. Take care and have a good night.